You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. All the great things that God is doing in this series um, I just want to recap a little bit about what we learned last week. Remember last week we talked about how important it is for God to transform our spiritual health? And uh, the, the premise of, of, of that was for us to know that we might not be where we want to be, but God's not done, right? And then also for us to forget the past it's behind us, and we need to continue to move what? Forward. And if we do that, God will just continually be pouring into our lives and be taking care of us every step that we take toward him. Uh, I want to continue the series today with talking about our physical health. And not only does God want us to be spiritually alive, but he also wants us to be physically alive. He wants us to be healthy toward him physically. And I think the Bible helps us here in 3 John Verse 2, there's only one chapter, so you, it makes it real easy for us to just go to the verses, right? First John 1, verse 2, the Bible says, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. You see, God is just as interested in our physical body as he's interested in our spiritual body. And as we move into this uh, message, I want to start out by uh, just kind of celebrating uh, one of the great things that happened to, to us as a family. So about a little bit more than six weeks ago, maybe two months, uh, my daughter and my wife got this idea that they were going to run in a 5K. And so it's one thing to talk about running in a 5K. It's another thing to actually run in the 5K. So they got this idea, we're, we're going to do that. And, and then they b- began to take measures to be able to accomplish it. They prayed about it, first of all. Uh, they spoke to me and they, uh, Cassie would say, Dad, we think we're going to run a 5K. And Shauna said, Babe, I think we're going to run a 5K. We're going to start praying about it. So they prayed about it. And then they started to do something to move forward. They started to eat better. They started to eat right. And so they began to move forward. Then they started training every day. So every day they would go to the track and they started out by walking, say, a mile, and then they would go into walking another mile and then they'd run a little bit. And then you knew they were serious because they downloaded an app on their phone that helped them to progress. And so this app would actually tell them, okay, you walk 200 meters and then you run 200 meters. And when they were running, the app would tell them, you're doing great, keep on doing it, you're doing great. So they had this app, everything was working in the direction for them to accomplish this task. One of the things that they did, which is very important, and it kind of correlates with what Pastor Jeff was saying with small groups, they kept each other accountable. So one day, one would say, and I testify to this because I heard this, one would say, Matt, maybe today we don't have to go to the track. And the other would say on that, I think we better go to the track. 
We need to go. And then the next day or a couple days after that, it was the other, vice versa. One of them would say, I don't think I feel like going to the track. And the other would say something like, no, let's get up. Let's just do it. Once we do it, we feel a lot better. So they kept each other accountable. And, they, they, and then they sealed the deal when they secured a babysitter for the time they were going to run the, the 5K. In comes me. I always want to be a part of their success. So I was able to watch the kids, and then they were able to accomplish it. Yesterday they went to Sawarita, and uh, I think that Kim Jimenez went with them. And they ran in these beautiful pecan orchards, and they ran this 5K. Now, from, from their account and what they told me about how the run went, it went something like this. Now, Cassie, Cassandra, is like the, like the rabbit, and my wife is like the turtle. But you know the story, right? So uh, Cassie started out really, really fast, and there was mile markers. So they, they, as they got to the first mile marker, Cassie saw that she had run a mile, and then her body said, you can't go anymore. And so she got to that place, and she started to walk. Well, here comes Shauna behind her, and she says, Cassie, keep on going. Keep on going. And so Cassie started to run again, and Shauna says at the end of the race, Cassie won or beat her, and then Shauna came in and she finished, and I think Kim Jimenez was also there, I'm sorry, Kim Jacobo was also there, and she ran the race as well, but the beautiful thing is that they encouraged each other and they moved forward. That's the premise, that God wants us to continue to move forward, he wants us to be physically healthy, and I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verses 19 through 20, and this is going to be the, the foundation of our, of our message, and it's also probably going to be a foundation in the small group, as Rick Warren will be teaching in, uh, out of a video study in the small group. But let me pray a blessing over the word, and a blessing over uh, the speaker, and a blessing over every hearer right now. Father, thank you for you bringing us together in this second service. I ask your blessing upon every word that I speak. I thank you that your word is completely true. There's nothing in it that is uh, uh, faulty, Lord. It's perfect. And I just pray that by your spirit that you will guide uh, me in a way that I can present it in a way that's honorable and that uh, will bring life change into people's lives. And uh, Holy Spirit, just work in the hearts of every person here, every person listening on the podcast and every person uh, listening wherever, we just pray that you will move in only the way that you can, in, in, in a miraculous way, to transform the lives of your people. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. So the, the Bible says right there, don't you realize that your body is the temple? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. So it, it, it speaks to us right away and it tells us this body that we have is the actual temple of the Holy Spirit. It's a sanctuary of where God dwells. And it, it, it's, it's very special when you think about it that way that God doesn't dwell in a, a building that's produced by people. It's produced in a dwelling place that's produced by God himself. Amen? Because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So he says, you're the temple of God. And then it goes on. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. 
And so the whole thrust of this message is going to be with those words, you must honor God with your body. Because I think if we can grab a hold of how important it is for us to honor God, that we'll take our, 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 the three key points into a different light and a different perspective. I'm going to talk about three things. Transforming your physical health by honoring God in these three areas. And every one of these areas is going to hit us somewhere in our spiritual nerves as well as our physical nerves. We need to honor God, number one, in your eating. And I try to do this every night with brownies and... Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. As the Lord is, is speaking... To us, he's speaking directly to me. The Bible says, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? I think this is so crucial for us to realize that as believers, we have the Holy Spirit residing in us. And when the Holy Spirit resides in us, it means that God resides in us. And, that, and as God resides in us, Jesus said something that is so important. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And so as God dwells with us, he desires to speak to us. He desires to lead us in every aspect of our lives. So he wants to lead us in our eating. The reason that I say this is because there are so many diets there is many diets in this world as I have hairs on my head, and then some. And you can use any diet, and there's a lot of wonderful diets. We did the Daniel plan a couple a year ago or so, and, and it was a wonderful, wonderful plan, and, and it works great if you use it. But it doesn't matter what diet you use and what body type you have or what blood type you have or what personality type you have. The reality is if we don't practice one thing, we will never be able to submit to the things that God wants us to do. And the one thing that every one of us needs to practice is self-control. Without self-control, we're out of control. So the Bible helps us here. It says the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now just stop right there. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. Where does the Holy Spirit dwell? Where does it dwell? Where does it dwell? In us. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us will produce these kinds of things. Let's look at it. It'll produce love. Okay? So tell your neighbor, the Holy Spirit produces love in you. Yeah. The Holy Spirit produces love. It'll produce joy. Right? How many of us are living a joyless life? That's because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to produce that joy. If you're living in a, in a life of anger, a life of, of bitterness, it's because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit who lives where? Where does he live? In us. To produce that joy. It goes on. He produces peace. So you're not going to get peace outside of yourself. You're not even going to get peace inside your own self. You're going to get peace in the Holy Spirit who's in us. Amen? The Holy Spirit produces peace. He produces forbearance. We keep on moving forward. He produces kindness and goodness and faithfulness. If we're, if we're struggling with being faithful, the Holy Spirit who dwells in us is not being allowed to exercise the fruit to be faithful. Gentleness. And then the last one, he produces, say it with me, self-control. And then he says, against such things, there are no rules. There are no regulations. There is no law. 
So when the Holy Spirit is producing these kinds of things, you don't need rule regulations. You don't need diet plans. You don't need all these things. Even though all of those things are good, what we really need is to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and produce the self-control that we need. Amen? And as he begins to do that, it changes our lives because the Holy Spirit is the producer of self-control. He is the agent of transformation in our diet. And he produced this eating in Daniel in the Old Testament when the royalty wanted to give him all these choice delicacies. And Daniel said, I want to submit myself to God and I want to eat fruit, vegetables, and drink water. And then they said, you can't do that because you're not going to have the physical appearance that these people in royalty need to have. And he said, I will have the physical appearance because the God that I serve will produce that from the inside out. And so it helps us. If we're not under the self-control of God, we become out of control with our flesh. And when we become out of control with our flesh, think about it, because I'm going to be transparent with you. My biggest problem, my biggest problem is not morning. Morning, I make me a protein shake. It's not a problem. I love it. I'll get up, make me a protein shake, some, some uh, uh, coconut milk or some, some almond milk and, uh, and protein a banana or a quarter of a banana, things like that. That's not a problem for me. I'll come to work. I'll eat a sensible lunch. That's not a problem. I'll go home and I'll eat a sensible dinner. My problem is, is when I've worked all day and I get home at night, I have this snack problem. And I end up saying, you know what, I'm just kind of a little bit hungry. It's about 8.30 at night. I'm just a little bit hungry. I don't, I don't eat too much. Maybe just a scoop of peanut butter. Because they tell you, you know what, eat a scoop of peanut butter. That's good for you. So I'll eat a scoop of peanut butter. But my problem is, as I'm, as I'm eating that peanut butter, I think to myself, well, my name is Reese. So why don't I just, why don't I just bump it up a little bit? Go get me a piece of, little, little piece of chocolate with it. And, we, and then p- before you know it, it produces other cravings. And we move into that, into that thing. What we really need, all of us, is to heed the voice of God and the prompting of the Holy Spirit so that we can be in control instead of out of control. Because what happens, and I've dealt with this with a lot of individuals that, we, that can get out of control, is it starts out maybe with habitual snacking, and then you don't like the way you look. And then maybe you begin to look in the mirror, and you may not be large, but you think that you're large. And that's a sign of anorexia. And a person that studies with anorexia, it doesn't matter how thin they are, they still think of themselves as big. Or then you become bulimic. And bulimia is when someone, it doesn't matter what they eat, they binge. They binge, and they'll eat a lot, but then they'll go to the restroom and they'll purge, and they'll throw up what they eat. That's the, the reason for that is we're not under the, the, the control of the Holy Spirit. The outside is controlling the inside. And that's something that God wants to transform in our lives. He wants to take us out of that. Um, uh, I was talking to someone a couple months ago, and this person was, addic- was addicted to steroids for a lot of years. And uh, <clears throat> he, he, he hasn't been on steroids uh, for uh, almost a year, if not a year. And this person called him up on the phone that, uh, that, that wanted some roids. And he says on the phone, he says, hey, hey bro, I, need, I, I, I want for you to uh, lead me to someone can, that can give me some steroids. He said, I just got off of a cycle and I, I, I need some roids real bad. And he said, uh, the, the guy 
who he had called told him, I, I, I haven't done roids for a while, bro, so I can't help you with that. And he said, dude, you don't understand. He said, if I don't, if I don't get on some steroids, I'm going to lose my gains. And the guy, on the, uh, the guy says this to him. He said, bro, can I tell you, as long as you're on steroids, you'll never be big enough. As long as you're on steroids, you'll never be big enough. I don't care if your muscles go up to the ceiling. You'll never be big enough. What you see in the mirror will always look smaller than what you want to look. And it's the same thing with, with, uh, with anorexia. It's the same thing with bulimia. It's the same thing with, with anything that takes control of our life. Without the power of God and seeing your identity for who you are, you're new in Christ. You're loved by God. You're a new creation whom God loves. You walk in that newness, and you walk proud because you're a child of the Most High. It is so important that we hold on to that. So, so the key to a healthy diet is to honor God by exercising self-control. Okay, number two, we honor God in your exercise. I love what the Bible says in verse 19 and the first part of verse 20. It says, you don't belong to God. You do not belong to, I'm sorry, you do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. Jesus paid the ultimate price on the cross to purchase us back to the Father. That means that I and you mean a lot to God. Not only is our spirit alive, but also our bodies are alive to God. He loves every aspect of James Reese. He doesn't just love me, my, my spiritual man. He loves my physical man. He's transforming me from the inside, but also from the outside. And I love what Romans 12 says. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I love the way the message puts it. It says, so, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Don't you love that? Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. In other words, I'm not, I'm not alone. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. That just speaks to everybody. In other words, I'm not a physical trainer. I'm not a, a, a professor. I'm not this. I'm just an ordinary person. Take your everyday ordinary life, okay? You're sleeping. You're eating. You're going to work. And you're walking around. And place it before God as an offering, Place it before God as your worship. So my sleeping, Lord, I'm going to worship you with my sleeping. I need sleep because if I don't sleep, I'm a mess. My going to work, Lord, I need for you to go with me to work. I need for you to come back with me to work. Lord, I want you to speak to me at the office so that I don't overextend my work and not give time to my family. I need that. I need for myself not to get consumed in my work so that I don't give enough to, to my home. Amen. You get out of balance. He says, take everything, every aspect, my walking around, and I'm going to place it before God as my worship. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Embracing what the Holy Spirit's going to do in me is the best thing that I can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. In other words, that's when you just live life. I just live life. I just live life. No, no, stop. Think. 
Think about your day. Think about what you have going on. Think about your night. That's why these transformed journals are so important. Every day, I would put right there, you know, what did you hear? I heard the whisper of God's voice assuring me of his unconditional love. This is great news for me and for all who trust in Jesus. What do you think? I think I need to live every day with confidence, confidence in the fact of God's love for me and for the world. I, I love, uh, I, I'm going to love people. What will you do? I will choose to share his love with the world around me in my circle of influence as well as allowing Christ to expand my influence. Now talk to God. God, thank you for your unfailing, unconditional love. May I never take your love for granted or doubt it. And I choose to share this love with everyone you place in my life. Do You see, we, we begin to allow God to move in our life. We have to be what? We have to be intentional about how we live our lives. If you just let life be, if you just say life is life, it just happens. Someone, someone put it another way. But let's just say life happens. Right? But if we're intentional, we say, God, in everything, I'm going to let you be involved. It says, if you do this, if you fix your attention on God, you'll be changed from the inside out. What does that mean? To be changed from the inside out is what? It starts with a T. You'll be what? Transformed. To be changed from the inside out is you're transformed. You're, you're completely, a metamorphosis takes place. You used to be this caterpillar. You come out like a butterfly. See, a caterpillar has to go into a cocoon, and in the cocoon, something magical happens. And for us as children of God, we have to be in Christ. And when we're in Christ, something magical happens. Something happens when we're in Christ that we cannot be outside of Christ. And check this out. This is so awesome. Not only are we in Christ, but Christ is in us. Not only is Christ in us, but the Holy Spirit is in us. God, think about how big. God, God is in us. He's dwelling there. He says, he says just keep on going. Okay, um, you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and then quickly respond to it. Recognize what he wants for you. So as we, as we go through these transformed uh, uh, small groups, every person, there's some of you that have not, never been in a small group, and you're like, ah, you're, you're avoiding it because you're, 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 take, you're taking your time. Well, maybe next week, maybe next, maybe next month, maybe next year. Some things God places in our life, we have to quickly respond to it. And when you do, there's transformation that takes place. He says, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, and he will develop a well-formed maturity in you. Here's what I know about Jesus. Everywhere he went, he impacted people's physical bodies. What did Jesus do to these? Be healed. I can see. To these. Jesus. I can hear. To these. Jesus. 
I can walk. See, we're blessed. We're blessed we're able to walk. We're blessed we're able to talk. We're blessed we're able to hear. We need to really make the most of everything that God has given us. I'm speaking to myself. I was thinking to myself, you know, PJ, you need to get up in the morning a little bit earlier, maybe do a walk, maybe do a run. You need to, you need to not, not conform to a lifestyle that won't put you beyond what you can be with God. It encourages us to be very, very tactical about how we apply our physical outlook. Amen? But let me say this. With balance because what happens is if we get our physical I'll, I'll, I'll be speaking to my daughter right now Cassie that's a Cassie moment the problem with physical health is you can take it you can take it too far if your physical health is health, yeah it can become hell physical health if your physical health takes you to a place where you take 100 selfies a day right? Then it, may, it can take you too far. It can take you out of balance. If it becomes self, it becomes arrogant. You know, if it becomes, oh, you know, you, you need to run or you need to make people feel bad, then that's not good. In fact, this is what the Bible says. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. So in other words, don't, don't just begin to walk and, and train and, and, and do all these things without keeping it in balance where you train your spiritual man continuously as well. It says it, it, promised better, it promises benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now, I went to the Mayo Clinic. I mean, I went to the website. And it, they gave us seven benefits of physical exercise uh, from, the, from the Mayo Clinic, okay? Number one, so, so I just want to give you some tangibles. This is what physical exercise will do positively for you. It, number one, it'll exercise, uh, exercise controls weight. So instead of weight controlling us, we control our weight. Number two, exercise fights health conditions and diseases. So when we exercise, we beat bad cholesterol, we, we uh, beat uh, uh, hypertension, all these different things. When we exercise, we're actually fighting against that and we, we can beat it. Number three, exercise will improve your mood. And for some of you, you need your mood improved. <laughs> Number four, exercise will boost your energy. So instead of taking your energy, it'll actually boost your energy. When you don't exercise is when you, don't, you feel sluggish. Oh, I, I don't feel good. I, I can't walk. Okay. Exercise, number five, and this is important, it promotes better sleep. Exercise promotes better sleep. And then number six, get ready for number six. They put it at, almost at the bottom. Exercise puts a spark back in your sex life. And the guys in the house said, that should probably be number one. <laughs> in fact, there will be some guy in here on the way home today that you'll say, you'll be telling your wife, you've never ever mentioned anything about the message in all the months, years you've been coming, but you'll be going driving. What was that number six on the <laughs> Mayo Clinic? Number seven, exercise can be fun and social. 
One of these, if not all of them, should get us off the recliner and off the couch to do exercise because all of us need improvement in these areas. But we must allow God to lead us in this physical transformation with balance. I went to livestrong.com. That's a website for, for people that exercise. And they had a bunch of positive, a bunch of benefits for why we should exercise. But then they had two negatives about exercise. And I want to just read one of them. One of the negatives was obsession. Now grab a hold of this right here. Becoming obsessive about your weight and your body image can actually lead to poor self-esteem. Remember what the guy with steroids said? You'll never be big enough. It doesn't matter if you're up to here. If you're obsessed, if you're out of control with exercise, you'll never, never feel like if you're in shape. If you find yourself spending too much time at the gym, you may be developing an unhealthy attitude about the role of exercise. Exercise should be a part of your life, not your entire life. Create a comfortable, healthy exercise routine that will work for you, that will work you out without burning you out. I think that's some great advice right there, right? So there's nothing worse than being around someone who is obsessed with their exercise. And uh, I love what they wrote. If, if you're getting your identity from exercise, you're obsessed. And if it consumes your life, you're out of control. Balance and moderation is a key. Okay, number three. We're in a third point. I saved the best for last, okay? Honor God with your drinking. So everyone that has water or coffee, let's just pick up right now. Go like this, show me. Let's drink to that. Honor God in your drinking. I, I, I love, I love um, the last part of, of that passage. It says, so you must honor God with your body. I'm going to be talking about something that I get a lot of questions frequently asked me. I'm talking about drinking alcohol. Okay? And I want us to look at it in the context of honoring God with our physical bodies or physical health. Can a Christian drink, or if they drink, are they going to go to hell or worse? I tried to say that real mean, it just didn't come out. (laughs) I want us to start out, first of all, with the premise of what does the word say? It says, honor God with your body, right? Honor God with your body. So honoring God always comes with removing anything that will spiral our lives out of control. So a good question to ask ourselves would be this. Is this drink allowing me to honor God or is it leading me to lose control? Pause. I'm in control, by the way. Let me say this. There are people who drink alcohol in moderation. I've been around Christians who can drink a beer or a glass of wine and stop. They're in control. 
They're not out of control. They can, they, uh, a husband and wife can go out to, on a date and they can drink uh, on their anniversary. They can have a glass of wine and they're in control. They're not out of control. You might not know this, but some who we call heroes in the faith were champions of drinking a brewski or two. How many of you know who uh, Martin Luther is? Raise your hand. Martin Luther was the, the, the leader of the Protestant Reformation. He, he brought Reformation at a time when the church was in a real bad place. Now, Martin Luther did not set out to start a denomination. Martin Luther was led by the Lord and by the Holy Spirit to say what we're doing, the practices that we're doing are wrong. And he took a stand. And in that stand, it led to some circumstances where he ended up uh, coming out and, 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 and there was a revival in the church where people began to know that we live by faith, not by works. And through that, great things happened. Well, Martin Luther is one of my heroes. And Martin Luther, he used to love to go to different towns as he would preach and, uh, and, and drink a brewski here and there. John Calvin. How I many know who John Calvin is? John Calvin also uh, would, was a frequent beer drinker. And so he, one of the quotes that he has is every city that he would go and visit, he would love to try a new Beer, okay? Now, I don't know if you know this, but Catherine uh, Luther, who was uh, Martin's wife, was one of the best brewers in Germany. And she came out of a, out of a, a monastery or, or a, a nunnery. She was a nun and before she got married to Martin Luther because Martin Luther said, I'm, I'm a priest, but I, I love women, so I want to get married. And so he ended up marrying Catherine, and Catherine became this wonderful uh, brewer, because the monasteries actually did a lot of the best brewing. So you're probably thinking, uh, Pastor, are you like for drinking? <laughs> I'm not for or against it. I'm just saying, what, is the, what does the word say and what, is, what does history tell us? Okay? Let me say this the Bible is clear that Jesus' first miracle was he turned water into grape juice. That's what some people will say. He turned water, he turned water into, into wine. In fact, one of the responses was this. It says, when the master of the ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it, where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the, the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, or let's put it another way, when everyone is buzzed, drunk. He brings out the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best wine until now. Some people will teach that this wasn't wine but grapefruit. To that I would say, come on. So Jesus did make wine, and he made good wine. Okay? Paul wrote to Timothy these words. He says, don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach because you are sick so often. That tells us two things about Timothy. Number one, he was often sick. And then the other thing is he drank wine to help his infirmities. Now, I love what Paul said. Timmy, drink a little wine. Because he was, he, if he would have said, Timmy, drink all the wine you want, 
Timmy would have maybe gone to celebrate recovery afterwards. We don't know. <laughs> Solomon, Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes, he says, So go ahead, eat your food with joy, and drink your wine with a happy heart, for God approves of this. Okay, pause. Ponder that. Because some of you guys that are moderates, that means you moderation, you drink wine, you drink beer, you're saying, yes, can't wait till we go to Chili's right now. <laughs> and then some of you that are abstainous, you abstain, you're saying, oh, that's not everything that the Bible says, and you're right, that's not everything that the Bible says. The Bible gives many other passages about the ill effects of too much alcohol consumption. Proverbs 20, 21 says this, wine produces mockers, Alcohol will lead to brawls. Those who are led astray by drink cannot be, say it with me, cannot be wise, okay? There are some people who don't drink alcohol because it causes them to lose their self-control. Most people, most people have made some of their worst decisions when they've been drunk, Anyone ever made a bad decision when you're drunk? Don't you don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> Peter put it like this. He said, you've, you've had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy. Their immorality, their lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties. And then he said, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood, I mean the flood of wild and destructive things that they do, so they slander you. And the reason for that, beloved, is because when we come to Christ, Christ transforms our life. Amen? Now, some people like myself, we came out of a life of, of drunkenness and drinking parties. God pulled me out by his grace over 20 years ago. And, uh, and at that time, 1994 of December, I went to a Christmas party with my wife. I got saved in October of 1994. In December, we went uh, to this Christmas party with a lot of alcohol, a lot of just people having fun in, 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 their, in their ways. And she asked me on the way, are you going to drink? And I said, yeah. No one ever told me don't drink or, 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 uh, or do drink. But that day, I went into, the, um, into that party and they gave me a beer and I started to drink it. And I drank about a quarter of that beer. And I sat with an individual at a table that I worked with underground. And he started telling me his life story. And he said, I left my kids, I left my kids with a couple who are Christian. He said, and they, uh, their life is so awesome. Their life is, I wish I had their life. I trust them with my kids. I trust them with anything that, I, that I'm going through. And he said, here I am, drunk. And I wish I had their life. And I said, okay, God. Okay, God. I never drank after that. Now, this is important right here. Can I drink? Sure I can. 
that wouldn't disqualify me as a Christian or even as a pastor. The Bible does not forbid Christians from drinking. From drinking. I want you to grab a hold of this. For us to put law on anything will take grace out of the equation and not allow the Holy Spirit room to bring his loving conviction into the lives of his people. The question needs to be, is your drinking or not drinking honoring God? My wife and I go on an anniversary and she wants to have a glass of wine. Praise Jesus. She doesn't. Praise Jesus. The most important thing is are we honoring God? If alcohol or eating or exercise takes you to a place that you don't honor God, remove it and bring balance into your life. The Bible encourages us with these words. It says, do not be foolish with your lives. Learn what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine. Notice what it, it doesn't say don't drink wine. Do not be drunk with wine because this, this will ruin you spiritually. But instead... Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Our physical transformation comes with eating and honoring God with it. Exercise and honoring God with it. Drinking in a way that honors God. If we do anything to have anyone stumble we need to take a step back and say, Lord, deal with my heart. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person here. More importantly, I thank you that you're here. Holy Spirit, I sense your presence in such a loving way. I just pray that as we've studied and gone through a message of transforming our physical health that you will quicken the things that are straight from your throne into the hearts of your people we will take them grab a hold of them Lord God and make them make them our own that we'll live them that we'll lip them Lord God we'll speak about them we'll encourage people and more than anything our prayer is that we'll glorify you with everything we do with everything that we do in Jesus name we pray and everyone said Amen This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.